Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby, this is extraordinary. We have just heard from the President of the United States that 14 Americans have been killed over there in Israel by the Hamas terrorist attacks and that as many as 20 Americans are missing and may be hostages of Hamas. The stakes could not be higher. And today we have an action-packed show. Uh, John Katsimatidis, my great co-host, is going to be joining us remotely, and he is with us today. We also have in studio Judge Richard Weinberg and also Craig Eaton. Uh, guys, uh, the stakes could not be higher. Uh, John Katz, your reaction, first of all, to this horrible news, John? Well, I, I am afraid for our friends in Israel. I I'm afraid uh, this is very serious, and I think it's going to get a lot more serious uh, than not. And uh, uh, the fact is, uh, during the press conference, I understand uh, they asked uh, uh, Jake uh, to uh, freeze the $6 billion that we gave Iran, and uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do with that $6 billion. Uh, there was other reports coming in that a lot of the equipment that uh, Hamas used uh, could have been and it's just reports. I can't. Maybe you'll ask uh, Tony Schaefer or one of the other people coming on later that uh, a lot of it is coming from uh, Ukraine. Uh, maybe people are selling it there. A lot of it is coming from Afghanistan. Nobody really knows. It's it's uh, an open item, and uh, uh, I think we got our intelligence agencies has to do their homework. One thousand percent. John, stay with us. Uh, We have with us joining us now live from Israel, the former consul general from Israel to New York, a great advisor to many of the prime ministers there in Israel. Uh, My dear friend, uh, consul general Alan Pincus. Um, Alan, thank you for joining us. First of all, our thoughts and prayers with Israel. Uh, Your reaction, Alon, to this just horrible news that the world is learning today. Israeli media crews, as you know, uh, were brought in uh, I-24 News to see what was happening and what happened to that kibbutz. Uh, Just horrific images of, sadly, of of, of even beheaded babies. Uh, What are you hearing from Israel? This is getting so horrible, Alon. Well, hi, Rita. Good to be with you, Craig, John, and Richard. Um, well, yeah, it's devastating. There's no question about it. It's probably uh, Saturday, October 7th, uh, three days ago, was probably the worst day, arguably the worst day in Israel's history um, in terms of the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the 9-11 type surprise. Uh, no comparisons made, just limiting this to the, uh, the shock of the surprise. Um, there are probably over a thousand dead, uh, many of which, at least 800 of which are civilians, of which, as you um, um, noted in, in your um, um, opening, Rita, um, of which 14 have, are either American or have a dual citizenship. 
this this was a major, you know, this was a major and devastating debacle in terms of the uh, intelligence, in terms of the uh, early warning. This, um, you know, without getting into an argument uh, with the previous speaker, this has nothing to do with the money that uh, the U.S. unfroze that belongs to Iran via Qatar and South uh, Korea. And most of the weapons are, are uh, via Iran and then Afghanistan and not Ukraine. But that that doesn't change. These these uh, tidbits of information are important, of course. It doesn't change the shock. And the question right now is um, what's in store uh, in the next few days and how and to what extent uh, this will escalate. Yeah, and and Consul General um, Alan Pincus again, uh, the former Consul General from Israel to New York, joining I'm us here. Rita, forget the forget the titles. Oh, thank, thank you, you. longtime friend. By the way, uh, Alan, we have known each other for decades. Uh, what is yeah. Israel going to do? Um, because we know that they're amassing their reservists. They have to wipe out Hamas. This is not just. A, this is, as yeah, you know, this is a fight for the struggle. Uh, you're absolutely right, but but here's here's how here's where it gets complicated. Um, Hamas is not an army. Hamas is, is a bunch of terrorist thugs and murderers who um, um, who control the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is the most densely populated area on Earth, with uh, uh, 2.2 million people condensed in an area half the size of Manhattan. Now. Um, Wiping out Hamas is, is, is a great thing to do. It is a great objective, but it's easily said, easier said than done. Um, in order to do that, it's not enough to wipe out, wipe out neighborhoods to fire uh, missiles from attack helicopters or F-16 or F-35 jets. In order to seriously uproot Hamas, dismantle the uh, military infrastructure, you need a ground operation, and a ground operation is where things get really ugly and lengthy and prolonged and, and, and nasty. And I don't know, I honestly don't know, Rita, um, where this is going. Obviously, this cannot and will not uh, be treated as just another uh, cycle of violence you know, in which there's a ping pong or exchange of uh, Firepower, and then we all go home uh, on counting our debts, as we did for the last, uh, for the better part of the last twenty years, every every two three years. This this was a game changer in terms of the uh, scale and the magnitude. So I I anticipate uh, the Israeli reaction to the Israeli retaliation to be massive. How massive, and whether or not it will involve a ground operation, I honestly do not know. You know, I want to ask you, uh, how is Israel just dealing with the fact and how concerned are you at the fact that they clearly have, uh, we're hearing 150 more hostages, the Hamas, and they are threatening uh, that any strike, uh, anything, uh, they're going to execute and they're going to put it on social media. It is so horrible. How worried are the Israelis? Very worried because, uh, you know, people know these people. I mean, my own daughter has uh, three friends. Uh, who were murdered and two who are believed to be um, hostages. I mean, friends, as in people I know, friends of my daughter. So, so this, this, you know, this is close to home for many, many, many Israelis. I, I, I'm the one happening to speak with you, but but there are thousands of Israelis who've been touched by this. So, so the worry is real. Now, the question is, 
what does Hamas want to do here? Do they want to exchange uh, uh, the number of hostages they have, maybe 150, maybe 80? I don't know. Uh, it's unconfirmed. Do they want to change, to exchange rather, to exchange all those for all the Hamas uh, uh, convicts and inmates, uh, um, prisoners in Israel? Um, I don't know. Maybe the Israeli government, uh, which, by the way, owns this crisis and owns this debacle and owns this uh, uh, scandal. Um, I don't know if they have the uh, public legitimacy to negotiate. On the other hand, as you correctly uh, um, uh, mentioned, Rita, um, any Israeli action um, and these these lunatics, these thugs are going to start executing people. This is like a horror crime movie uh, that we all watch on television and, and, you know, and then have a drink. But this is real life. And they and, and not for nothing, the president, President Biden, in a very, very uh, um, welcome uh, um, pro-Israeli speech, um, not for nothing, he compared it to ISIS. I think this is an important point, Rita, because alluding to Hamas as a terror organization is remote from, from the American psyche. Comparing them to ISIS makes them, to a degree, an American issue. And it's not just the American nationals that have been killed or are being held hostage. It makes, once the comparison to ISIS was made, this makes it a, an issue that's bigger and broader than Israel versus Hamas. So, absolutely, absolutely. By the way, we have a quick question yeah. from Craig Eaton, real quick. Mr. Pinkus, sure. how you doing? I, I mean, look at the timing. If you Hi, look Craig. at the timing from when we released the hostages and, and released the $6 billion, uh, it's almost a month ago. I mean, do you believe there's any connection? I mean, I can't get it out of my head no. that there is no connection no. between this. There is no, there is no connection. Listen, Craig, I, I understand the question. I understand how the, the, the logic seems. The, the money was Iran's. They have enough. They have been funding. Iran is is a terror state. They are funding, uh, mentoring uh, um, a, a whole web of proxies throughout the Middle East. And, and they are in very good ties now with the Russians, by the way. And they control Hezbollah in Lebanon. They have militias in Syria. They have militias in Iraq. And they have uh, um, some control over Hamas in Gaza, even though they come from different uh, from two different strains of Islam. Okay. The Iranians are Shiite, and Hamas are uh, are Sunni. But let's not delve into that. Um, yeah, more, and by the way, by the way, Alan, more important too, yes. um, just because we just have a few minutes here. Um, listen, uh, we are watching. Most importantly, where this is headed. Uh, I believe the next few days are going to be pivotal, just as you said. Absolutely. And uh, and this is most importantly, our thoughts and prayers are with all of you there in Israel. Uh, this is just such a horrible circumstance. You got to keep us posted. It Please is. come back on soon. We love you and we appreciate I you. I will, and thank you for having me to all of you, and especially to you, Rita. Yeah, thank you, my friend. You stay safe, and our prayers, of course, thank, uh, as and you also very your much. friends, uh, your daughter's friends, who are now hostage. Wow. Uh, thank you, Alon, yes. very, very much. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Uh, let's like goodbye. bring in, if we could, uh, a lot, uh, let's bring in Alan Dershowitz, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Professor, this is a horrible situation uh, we have in the studio. Uh, Judge Weinberg, we have yeah, also yeah. Craig Eaton, and also joining us remotely, John Katsimatidis. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, real quick, uh, this is getting really bad, as you just heard. Uh, even the consul yeah. general, the former consul general, just joined us. His daughter's friends are hostages right now as we speak. 
Yeah, he's a friend of mine. Uh, look, I want to make it local. I want to talk about what's going on down the block. Yes. Um, the head of the student bar at NYU Law School, at NYU Law School, issued a statement in support of Hamas um, and issued a statement essentially in support of these rapists, murderers, and robbers. Of course, she wouldn't sign her name. She only used her first name, Rina. Uh, but I have a new policy now. I want to expose and identify the name of every student who supports these Hamas murderers, whether at Harvard, whether at Columbia, whether at NYU. So this woman's name is Rina Workman. She is the president of the NYU Law Student Bar Association, which has come out completely and totally in support of Hamas. I want every law firm in the city of New York to remember the name Rina Workman. I want every law firm, every lawyer to ask themselves, would you hire a person like that to work with you? Would you expose your clients to a bigot and a racist like that? Would you hire a member of the Ku Klux Klan? If you wouldn't hire a member of the Ku Klux Klan, if you wouldn't hire somebody who wears a swastika on her sleeve, do not hire Rhino Workman. Find out the name of everybody else in all of these groups and make sure you know who you're hiring. Now, I believe in the marketplace of ideas. I don't believe in censorship. Reiner should be able to talk anywhere she wants, but the marketplace of ideas requires transparency. She shouldn't be hide behind the organization name. It's a great organization, Student Bar Association. Amnesty International at Harvard signed the petition. Students shouldn't be able to hide behind those names. Their name should be out there. The marketplace of ideas requires transparency, accountability. They're entitled to say what they want to say, and we're entitled to sit in judgment on them. No, don't grade them down on their exams. Use anonymous grading because she shouldn't suffer from her exams. Exams are based on, you know, how, how good a, a student you are. But her job, would anybody want to have a law firm? That included Rhino Workman in it. And, and you know what, Professor Dershowitz? Sadly, she is not alone. There are others out there. I want to bring in uh, John Katsimatidis. John, you got a question for Professor Dershowitz. This is incredible. Well, I mean, I agree with the professor 100%. This person should not hide behind an organization. And, I mean, uh, if she's listening now, maybe we should take a page in the New York Post and, and, uh, and, uh, let the world know about it. The- That's right. That's right. That's right. Look, I'm not in favor of McCarthyite lists. And, you know, I support anonymity when people are fearful for them lives, for their lives as they were during the civil rights movement. But the only people who are fearful today physically are Jews on campus or Zionists on campus. Nobody has ever attacked a Hamas supporter on a campus physically. The reason these people don't want their names known is because they're They don't want people to hold them accountable for their views. You know, students who sign pro-Israel petitions, they sign their names. They're proud of it. Uh, They're they're not ashamed of it. But Raina is ashamed of it. That's why she signed this only with her first name. You know, and uh, Professor Dershowitz, also Harvard, too. What about at Harvard? Uh, Finally, the president of Harvard finally spoke out a little bit ago. But that's it. Not enough. The president of Harvard has not said enough. She did not condemn the students. Uh, she did not condemn Amnesty International. I she agree. I agree with you. Hamas. What she basically said is, look, it's terrible. There's a lot of violence out there. If you need psychological services, we'll give it to you. We condemn violence. We think this is terrible, terrible, terrible. No, you condemn your students. You let them speak. 
but you condemn them. You have an obligation. Some university presidents have done that. Harvard did not. And many other university presidents have not. You know why? They're scared of the students. They don't want demonstrations. They don't want protests. In some instances, they support the students. Professor, taking it even further, taking it even further today, uh, last week we had members of Congress and members of the state Senate here chanting how great it was what was happening. I mean, this is a savage attack. There should be no person in this world saying what a great job they did by killing innocent women and children. I mean, they had a, they had a, I saw a picture. There were children in a cage. They had all these kids from like one to five years old in a cage. This is despicable and savage, and anyone that supports it needs to be beaten for it. Look, those are the best pictures, the ones in the cage, the uh, ones that really are almost to tears. to look at are the ones with the people's heads being chopped off with a raped woman bleeding uh, and being paraded through the streets and people cheering, cheering, cheering. <sighs> By the way, they were doing it in Times Square last night. I'll tell you, Professor Dershowitz, there was somebody leading hundreds of people right there in Times Square last night saying the only religion, you know, is the Muslim Allah Akbar uh, slamming Israel, slamming Israel. Judge Weinberg. Alan, you know what happened in Australia, in Sydney, in the Opera House? They were saying there was a demonstration saying, kill the Jews, gas the Jews. Wow. So in, this Sydney, is, Australia. This, in Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Uh, this is going I so you know the opera house in front of four thousand people. It's a great opera house. I defended the Catholic Church in a debate there um, about five or six years ago. The fact that the Sydney Opera House would be dis- disgraced by people calling for the death of Jews is outrageous, and we're seeing it in Canada too. Um, and you know, we know that Canada. Uh, gave a lot of uh, Nazis refuge after the Second World War. And this is Nazism, pure and simple. This is Nazism. And if you wouldn't support the same rules under the First Amendment should apply to the Ku Klux Klan as should apply to these people at Harvard and at Columbia and at Yale. The same rules should apply. Despise them, oppose them, attack them, but allow them to speak. It's good to allow them to speak. Let us know what our future leaders look like. And what we have to do about it. Let's know about Laura Rhina Workman. I don't want her to keep be able to hide her identity behind behind some student organization. Yeah, one thousand so, percent. Professor Dershowitz, yeah. hold on. Let me bring in John Katsimatidis. John. Uh, yes, one more thing. You know, I respect our Consul General and I know him, he's a very fine gentleman. But uh I have to disagree. And me I'll too. tell you as a Me too, by the way. A, me too. As me a three. corporate as a corporate executive, you know, where we deal business in a lot of places. If I had $6 billion and I got it into my Bahamas account and I didn't get it into my New York account, I would say, well, we have use of it, but I can make a statement, I don't have it in New York or I don't have it. I disagree with Alon in a couple of ways. He put the blame for this on Netanyahu. He did. And I think that was wrong. Yeah. This is not the time to play political games. He's an old friend of mine, but he is such a partisan and such a Netanyahu hater. This is not a time for division within Israel. There is no division within Israel. Alon is one of the few people who maintains that uh, attitude that let's blame it on Netanyahu. Let's blame it on Iran. Let's blame it on Hamas. Uh, you know, you can argue 
about whether it's Biden's fault or Netanyahu's fault or anybody's fault. A, a lot of Democrats, a lot of Republicans in America are blaming it on Biden. They're wrong. It's Hamas and it's Hezbollah and it's Iran. And so alone, I'm sorry for your tragedy in Israel. And, you know, I support you and like you very much. But on this one, you were wrong. Yeah, I agree. He did uh, go after Netanyahu. He did also say, listen, we need to wipe Hamas. At least he's clear on that. But you're right. There was a lot of politics in there. Um, And obviously, uh, Israel is dealing with incredible tragedy. Um, Stick with us, everybody. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, thank you. John, obviously, stay with us. Much more after the break. We're going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer and get his take about what to do now that we know there are indeed American hostages. Stay with us. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now for the very latest is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He is a former DOD Intel operative, also president of the London Center for Policy Research and also Project Sentinel. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, this is really scary stuff. We now know that there are 14 dead Americans there in Israel. 20 are missing, and the White House has confirmed that some of them are hostages. What do we do? Well, you know, I broke some of this the other night on your show when I said they were way undercounting and they already knew. They knew this days ago, Rita, and they're just kind of trying to softly roll this out. Uh, This is the tragic truth. Right now, there are at least uh, 24 Americans missing or captive. Uh, I think that number is going to rise probably closer to 30 by the time it's all said and done. Part of what's going on is uh, they're trying to figure out the best way to uh, potentially rescue these folks with the Israelis. You've seen the delay in the ground uh, offensive by the Israelis and trying to figure out how to go about trying to mitigate and rescue, mitigate any death and, and rescue these folks in the process of planning their offensive operations. And I'm going on the record forecasting we're going to see the full full force of the Israeli army moving in probably Thursday or Friday this week to go and start the offensive into the Gaza Strip. So you believe the ground invasion will begin then? We do know that they've called up reservists, Tony Schaefer, anywhere from uh, they've called up 300,000. So you believe what is that going to look like? Because these images that we have heard today coming out of just those territories um, and also especially the, the kibbutz in Israel, it is horrible horrific of babies being beheaded. Uh, what is it going to look like if it turns out to urban warfare, which it sounds like we are maybe a day or two away? We are. So right now they're going through a basically a, a, a mustering process. Bringing in that many folks, that military folks, all at once takes some time. you got to retrain them. you got to get them back, uh, get their mind right, so to speak. So it's going to take a couple of days to do that. Plus the issue of hostages is, is also being worked. But uh, mark my words, Rita, there's going to be no hesitation by, of using military force. Regarding that, we're talking about a, a, an area of terrain the size of Manhattan and the Bronx. That is to say that's the size of, of the Gaza Strip with two million people. So it's going to be a very difficult uh, proposition for the military to move effectively through that. Plus, you have the added issue of refugees who are innocent who have been cut off because of the siege. Right now, there's no power. There's no water. All these things are going on to uh, break the will of Hamas. It's going to be brutal. And we're talking about, if you remember what happened in Fallujah, when we had to go through there, this is going to be an order of magnitude probably more difficult than Fallujah because of the density of the population 
and the difficulty of terrain they're going to have to go through and, and, and uh, secure. Tony, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Let me ask hey, you this. Hey, Judge. It's good to talk to you again, but it's awful under these circumstances. I think that we have the danger here of a two-front war, that Hezbollah is going to take the actions out of Lebanon. And it raises the question to me as, as a layperson, Colonel, you have military forces, you have the aircraft carriers off uh, off Israel that can hit Hezbollah. Does the United States take action if Hezbollah starts moving against the Israeli people? The answer is I don't know, but we're moving actually a second carrier into the Red Sea. So there's going to be two air, two battle groups, two aircraft carrier-focused centric battle groups in the region. And the answer may well be, yes, we will have the technical capability, but this is the problem, Judge. Uh, two words, Joe Biden. Uh, Joe did not come across today with any great deal of assurance. He looked weak, and arguably that's why we've seen Hamas and others uh, encouraging Hamas, which I would believe is the IRGC, the Iranians, moving to do this. Right now, the Israelis have done some preemptive strikes that have not been well covered regarding Hezbollah in the, in the border region just north. So I think the Israelis have sent a very strong message, although it's not been very public on our side, to re- basically remind Hezbollah there's going to be a great cost if they decide to take up arms and, and do anything on the north. So I agree with your assessment. I think right now it comes down to uh, it's, a, it's a game of poker. And uh, the Iranians and their allies in the region are trying to figure out, can they do more without suffering consequences? And, and if they think they can get away with it, get away with it without consequences, Indeed, I think they will take the two-front well, approach Tony, to do something. Tony, there's another issue that always comes up when they have these battles. Israelis are the victims. The other side are the aggressors. And then when the Israelis respond to try to protect their people, what they start talking about is you're being disproportionate. You're using too many numbers. We're losing too many people on our side. You have this demand well, within days, with maybe sometimes within hours, proportionality, proportionality. What do you say about that? Tony? Disproportionate. They were attacked. They were slaughtered. I, I mean, what are you supposed to yeah. do? Say, don't do anything. That's like saying, you know what that's saying, Judge? That's like saying that America's invaded after 9-11. Don't do anything to respond or don't do anything well, disproportionate. That's what, the, that's what some members of our Congress, these Democratic socialists, have been saying. It's absolutely outrageous. And by the way, the Democratic Party, once and for all, should repudiate these people. If these people are democratic socialists, they should not be in the Democratic Party. Run on a democratic socialist ticket so people know what you're getting. Don't say you're a Democrat because you don't speak for the vast majority of people who are Democrats. Yeah, Tony, go ahead. Well, that, that's the point. I mean, look, uh, I, I have been working hard to differentiate between the progressive socialists in the Democrat Party and the Democrat Party. There is a difference. And yes, Judge, there's an opportunity here for the Democrat Party to get its name back because it's been badly soiled by Rashid Tlaib, uh, 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 Representative uh, Ocasio-Cortez, and a number of others. And yeah, look, babies were beheaded. Uh, Look, uh, there was reporters going into the the kibbutz today looking at this firsthand. It's horrific. This was slaughter. This was was a a well-planned act of terror where the innocent were primarily targeted. And by the way, if, if there's ever been a, an argument for having weapons available to civilians, this is it. And I don't want to go off on a Second Amendment tangent, but I'm just saying a handful of folks who are armed and equipped to, to counter this, they could have done it. Otherwise, you are seeing uh, a necessary response. And by the way, Western media is already trying to play this down. Uh, BB, I was listening to the BBC this morning driving in, and they were going at the, the Israeli spokesman on this very issue already. So tell, I'm just telling you, 
the, there's progressive left media and progressive left members of the, of the Democrat Party who are trying to downplay the severity of this attack, and it's shameful. Yeah, I agree. It is disgusting. Uh, well, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, thank you for joining us on this huge news day. We appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good fight. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Rita. Thanks, Judge. Wow. Uh, John Katz, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you, it's um, it's going to get a lot worse than it's going to than it seems, and it just I worry about uh, uh, Israel, and uh, I and I don't want to give uh, you know tell Iran that uh, they're off the hook because uh, and uh, again back to the Consul General, I mean uh, I just don't want to let Iran off the hook. I I think they're responsible. One thousand percent. I'm not, I'm not Rita. I'm not right a hundred percent of the time. But I find that I'm right almost ninety five percent of the time. You know what? I give so you ninety. I give you ninety nine. How's that? Well, <laughs> you may not be right on everything, but you're right on this one. The, the blood is on the hands of the Iranian government and our guys who push the whole deal with Iran, which means Obama and Kerry. In my humble opinion, they have blood on their hands too negotiating with these terrorists. It is disgusting. Uh, John, stay with us. Judge Craig Eaton, everybody. Uh, coming up after the break, how vulnerable are we here in New York? There are protests where they're shouting uh, kill the Jews a few blocks away from here. This is a frightening time in this country. And joining us next is Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. She is mad as heck and worried about the homeland. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. John Katz joining us remotely in the studio. Judge Weinberg, Craig Eaton, and now some new numbers coming out, which showing that over 150 people who were on the terrorist watch list crossed into America those are just the ones we know about, not even the 1.5 million gotaways that we have no clue about, thanks to Biden's open border policies. And joining us now is Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis from New York. Congresswoman, we are I, I am so worried of what's happening in Israel. We're all so worried what's going on. But I'm also really worried that that is going to happen again here. We know New York is the number one target, America. We have a wide open border. This is just really treacherous times now. Yeah, and the 150 that you mentioned, uh, that's just this last fiscal year. There's about another 100 from the year prior. Uh, and then overall, there's 1.7 million individuals who have been undetected that the CBP estimates uh, are in our interior, that they've had zero interaction uh, with our government, with our law enforcement, uh, and we don't know who they are, where they are, what their intentions are. And so this is what I've been saying this entire time when people want to debate about the border. It's not about, uh, you know, being anti-immigrant. It's about knowing who is coming in and out of your country. It's about protecting our uh, interior and making sure that another 9-11 never happens again. And obviously the events that occurred in Israel um, have 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 even increased our concerns more because we simply just do not know. Iran in the Iran previously had said that they were going to um, try to attack Americans from within the United States. They've made those statements. This is why we need to be vigilant. The fact that you have Iranian uh, nationals coming over the border. That should be a concern. We, we need to just know. We need to vet. We need to verify. Uh, and we, we, this administration just has not been doing that. 
Um, and that is why so many of us are concerned and angry that we have been fighting so hard to get common sense border security measures. And the Senate, led by Chuck Schumer, has been dragging its feet. They refuse to pass our legislation and they refuse to pass any legislation that would deal with the issue. So at least we can come back and see where our differences are. They just want to keep this open border process. Uh, and it's disturbing, I think, to not just me, but Americans all across the country. You know, Nicole Meliotakis, you know what's, what's stunning to me? We just heard from the president of the United States, and he did not even mention Iran. He he said, you know, if anybody who wants to, you know, participate, take advantage of the situation with Israel, his word was don't. Uh, that's like a that's like a like a telling, you know, the monster, please don't come in. That's like a minor incursion line. I found it really disturbing. Your thoughts. Uh, absolutely. We know that Iran funds 70 percent of Hamas's activities. This is why we were critical when the president wanted to release six billion dollars, uh, which he agreed to do. He should freeze that money immediately. And he uh, hasn't said fact- if he's going to do it yet, by the way. He has not said he's going to do it. Wouldn't you think that'd be priority number one, Nicole? It should be priority number one. Also, priority number two and three should be reinstating the sanctions that he lifted when he came in, uh, waivers that he lifted uh, that allowed civilians from other countries to come work on the nuclear program. All these things need to be undone. And and unfortunately, uh, we had a maximum pressure strategy under President Trump that was crippling Iran economically. And we need to go back to that and get the international community to buy in as well, uh, because we know that they are funding Hamas. We know they're funding Hezbollah. Uh, and the fact that they were cheering and said that it was a victory, what happened, the, the, the savagery and, and the horrific things that we are seeing, those terrorist acts from this terrorist organization, the fact that Iran is cheering it. Uh, it is disgusting. We need to take uh, action to make sure that we're crippling them economically so they can't continue to fund these uh, nefarious terrorist acts. Absolutely. Uh, John Katsimatidis, you got a question, I know, for Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Yes, what's even more important, or just as important, now I don't want to use the word more, is what the heck is going on in Washington. You're part, Nicole, you're part of that inner circle and you're in and out of meetings. Uh, give us the lowdown. I mean, uh, what's going to happen? Well, I think what what we're seeing taking place in the world right now uh, shows you why it's so critical that uh, the the United States government is fully functioning, right? That we have a Speaker of the House, that we are able to go to the floor, pass legislation to support our ally if need be, which it is needed right now. Um, and, you know, God forbid any other message, measures that need to take action immediately, we could not go to the floor to do it. So uh, I've I've said previously that I think removing McCarthy was ill-timed. It was wrong. He didn't deserve this. Four percent of the conference should not be undermining what 97 percent of the conference wanted. Uh, But nonetheless, here we are. And it is important that we rally behind somebody and make them the next speaker so we can move forward and get the job done that we need to do, knowing that funding is going to be running out in roughly 30 days. We need to make sure that the government does not shut down, particularly at this critical moment in the world history. Um, we need to make sure that we fund this government. And the only way we're going to do that is we get a speaker right away so we can continue passing our appropriation bills and send them over to the Senate. Are we going to uh, have a, a speaker tomorrow, Nicole, by tomorrow? I, I, I don't know if we'll have one tomorrow. Um, we're hopeful that we will have one tomorrow. Uh, I'm supporting Jim Jordan. I think Jim Jordan is the person who can unite this team and get us together to move forward. But I also have uh, much respect and admir- admiration for Steve Scalise, our majority leader. So what I've said is, look, whoever's going to get the majority vote tomorrow in Congress, 
I will support that person. I, I wish that my colleagues will have that same team player mentality about this because the important thing is that, they're, look, they're both qualified um, and, and we can rally around whoever wins and just move forward uh, and unite this team because we have to recognize that the fight is not with each other. It is often with the Senate. It is often with the White House. But right now, the fight is we as Americans need to stand together, particularly with what we're seeing taking place in Israel. What could potentially happen here? We don't know. Uh, We need to be prepared, united and work together in the best interest of the American people. So whatever the case may be, let's have the vote tomorrow. Whoever prevails is the majority vote getter. Let's go out there as a team and support that person to be the next speaker. And I agree because uh, the world is on fire. We need leadership. Uh, we need more in the White House. We need everything. Um, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, we got a real quick question from Craig Eaton. How you doing, Nicole? So you know what? Biden has failed. The White House is silent on what's going on. Iran is now empowered. They have money. They have access to America. So you know what? It's not when. It's not when. It's a matter. Of, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. I mean, I'm sitting here in the studio, there's, there's flashing lights, cop cars going left and right, and, and every way you can possibly think. The, the city is crumbling here. So unless they shut down the rest of the money that Iran has access to, they are going to be on our soil, and they are going to be empowered. Yeah, you're, you're, you look, Craig, we have to use whatever we can, and, and Congress is the checks and balances, right? But oftentimes this administration chooses to ignore Congress's and Congress's authority. So what we need to do is make sure we're using the power of the purse as we're moving forward in this appropriations process to put certain provisions in there to ensure that those state sponsors of terrorism do not get any American money or we, that we increase the sanctions. So it should be sanctions on individuals that support Hamas. It, Iran is obviously 70% of the funding, but it comes from elsewhere as well. And we need to make sure that the international community is sanctioning those places to make sure that uh, this does not continue. Uh, but look, we, right now I think the most important thing is, and the first thing we should do when we get our speaker and go into the House is pass a resolution supporting Israel. And we have a whole list of things of how we can support Israel during this time. We need to act on those things, make sure they have the resources that they need, particularly the Iron Dome interceptors, uh, which the president said he's getting, which I'm, I'm happy about that. But look, there's other things that need to be done, too. We have Americans who are in Israel right now, and I've been working all day trying to get military plane, charter planes, commercial planes to to start getting these people out. So the first thing, you know, we need to, I mean, the priority, I should say, for this administration right now is to shut down the border, stop people from coming in, let's get the Americans home safely, and let's support Israel and do everything we can to make sure that our ally can defeat Hamas. 1,000%. Uh, Nicole Maliotakis, the great congresswoman from New York, thank you. you got to come back on us soon, and please keep us posted uh, about getting those Americans out, first and foremost, of course, right now. Uh, thank you, Nicole, very, very thank much. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. And joining us now is Fox business expert, Charlie Gasparino. Uh, Charlie, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. John is joining us remotely too as well. Uh, you know, we're talking about the money, uh, all the money that has been coming into Iran that's fueling Hamas. And I believe also very much behind this attack, uh, the Wall Street Journal reporting that there's been these meetings going on with Hamas and Iran over the last few weeks leading up to this moment. But they've been making tons of money. Uh, with oil and we, the, the sanctions haven't been in place. Charlie, talk about the money that Iran's been bringing in. I mean, you're talking about billions and you know, what's, what the administration's trying to say, and it's kind of an 
interesting argument. I it, it, it seems illogical. It seems almost uh, solipsistic. Is that the word? I, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> is that the money that they're giving Iran is specifically earmarked for humanitarian purposes that Iran wouldn't have done otherwise. So you can't make the argument that the money is just being washed through the system and, you know, it frees up other money. I mean, that is essentially what the Biden administration is arguing. And, you know, it's a it's kind of a um, it's an interesting argument, but it kind of fails the smell test. It sure it, does. It, it sure it, does. It, it, here's why it, it kind of presupposes that Iran well, just is just letting its its citizens die in the streets that, you know, we're giving them this money that they wouldn't have had that goes right into the mouths of, of babes and it's and, and, and women and children. And, um, you know, I just don't think Iran as a country is doing that. I don't think that they're starving. I don't think that they have like the worst health care in the world. You, know, you, you see what I'm saying? I all the money I, I think. I really do think that the Biden administration screwed up on this thing because that money is being used, it's sloshing around, and it's getting, you know, finding its way to Hez- to, to to Hamas. It's it's really quite extraordinary. But but remember, the, the Biden administration argument is 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 fascinating. They're really saying that that the specific humanitarian gestures that we're funding would not be funded by Iran anyway. So therefore, it's being used directly for the stuff we're earmarking Charlie, for, and it Char- doesn't get to Hamas. Charlie, there's a larger question. First of all, all money is fungible. So if you're freed up on one, you can use it for something else. Everybody understands it. Even a child understands yeah. it. it. goes from one pocket yeah. to the other. But the real question here is the gutlessness of the Biden administration when they paid $1.2 billion for hostages. So let's put a tag on everybody as a potential hostage. And it fits with the appeasement policy of this administration. Biden had a chance. He addressed the nation, Charlie, a few hours ago. And I'll tell you, I was outraged. He never called out Iran. The most he said is anybody else who participates, I'll give you one word, don't. That that is that is obscene. I mean there is a there is an odd you know the way they're messaging this is very odd. You know something else that caught my eye you know, I've been covering this kind of from the corporate side is two things. If you notice in the summer of 2020, during the, the race riots, every corporate CEO was out there. Oh, America's horrible. It's a racist nation. We need reparations. I mean, you remember all, I mean, I'm writing a book about corporate wokeness. So I'm reading these statements from David Solomon of Goldman, from Jamie Dimon of JP Morgan, from Brian Moynihan. Are they, have you heard anything from them on this? No, yeah, exactly. Nothing, nothing. Really? nothing. Uh, Charlie, really? hold on. I, I want to bring in John Katz and Matidis. John, your thoughts on all this, which is so important. Well, another another subject that uh, Charlie has been on is uh, what's going on with BlackRock, uh, how it ESG culture is hurting him, you know, along with hurting Disney, along with hurting Target. Is there a revolution going on uh, that uh, people don't realize yet uh, against these kind of companies? And, you know, here's something interesting, John, uh, because of ESG, all these major corporate corporate big corporations gave a ton of money um, to Black Lives Matter. I mean, they gave a ton of money to all these activists, but particularly after George Floyd to Black Lives Matter, it helped boost their ESG scores. You know, the the uh, the S in 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 uh, ESG is somehow related to giving money to these 
activist groups, you know, social justice groups. You know what I noticed today? It was on a tweet that one of the Black Lives Matter chapters just openly supported the Palestinians, or excuse me, Hamas today. Uh, I mean, what do you make of that? That's so disgusting. Um, I mean, and these, and these, this is the group that all these firms were given money to. Amy Diamond took a knee with Black Lives Matter as active, you know, in, in, in solidarity with Black Lives Matter during the summer of 2020. During that whole horrible time when we were all locked in and watching the, you know, New York City explode from you know, largely, remember they used to call them largely peaceful protests. Yeah, we just so, have a few seconds left, Charlie. Go ahead. Well, I would just say that there's a, another side story to hear. It's the, the corporate response to this, these, these, this murdering of innocent children and women and, and, a, and an unprovoked war where they're silent and what they were and how they were siding with a leftist interpretation of of our country. Back their silence is deafening. Charlie. Yeah, their silence is deafening. Charlie Gasparino, thank you very much. Uh, you're right. They need everybody needs to speak up about these horrible atrocities. It is clear who what's happening. Uh, and there's no moral equivalency. There shouldn't be any silence. Charlie, we love you. We appreciate you. John, stay with us. We're going to go to a quick break. We have former New York Senator Al D'Amato, and he is furious today. We're going to take that after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. John Katzimachidis joining us remotely. Shocking images coming out now of babies apparently being beheaded. Uh, horrible atrocities that have been thrust on the Israelis by the Hamas terrorists. And joining us now is the great former senator of New York, the greatest one ever, uh, Senator Al D'Amato. Your reaction to what the world is seeing now today? It is absolutely terrible. Um, it is disgusting. And the silence of our president in face of what is taking place. Let me ask you something. Who do you think is funding this terrorism? How do you think that Hamas and, and Hezbollah got these sophisticated weapon systems where they can actually attack the dome? Where did it come from? Thousands of missiles that they sent there. How many tens of millions of dollars was spent? Tell me where the funds came from. You know where? We sure do, Iran. We sure know. You ask the judge, because the judge knows. Judge, where did it come from? Of course it came from Iran. Iran plotted this thing, funded it, and trained them. And why doesn't people have the moral courage to fight back? They have been working to develop this system for two years, okay? And we give Iran $6 billion. Oh, it's only going to go to help medically needed, et cetera, et cetera. Money's fungible. So if you are going to feed people, et cetera, et cetera, you take that money that you have set aside for them and you put it into the military. And you take this money and you say, not one penny was spent on weapons. Come on, wake up, America. Wake up, Joe Biden. You're asleep at the border. You're asleep at the switch. And you're letting the Russians, okay, and Iran and China kick our ass. 
And it's about time you woke up. And it's about time Congress, Democrats, and Republicans came together for this country. Secure the border. Do what's right. Now, let me tell you something. As Israel and Saudi Arabia come together, the great strength that will be projected is something that Iran and who? Russia. Fear. And they'll do anything to stop it. Absolutely. Make sure it happens. Uh, Senator, gotta- Senator, hold on one second. I want to bring in uh, John Katsimatidis. Your thoughts, John, real quick. Your final thoughts. Well, uh, by the way, there was some just breaking news that uh, uh, George Santos uh, got charged with conspiracy, wire fraud, false statements, uh, falsifications of records, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Swazi has announced that he's running. Well, listen, Santos is a bum. Uh, he should never be in there. He's a, a horror, and and so. Good riddance to him when they get him the hell out. All right, More guys, important. that's going to have to be the last word. Uh, Senator, sorry to close you up. we got a heart out here. We love you. you got to come back on again soon. And uh, John, Craig, Judge Weinberg, what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. Boy, God bless Israel and keep everybody in our prayers. What an action-packed day.